Welcome to the Absent Father Podcast, a weekly conversation where we discuss the impacts in all areas of our life of growing up with an absent father, how to overcome them, and the superpowers we create along the way. I'm your host, Rodney Miller, executive coach, MBA, and son of an absent father. You can learn more about me and get in touch by visiting www.rodneymuller.com. We got greatness by choice. We got gravity by chance. Welcome to season two of the Absent Father podcast. I am so excited that you are here and that it is finally here. And it may not be a weekly conversation, but I promise to deliver and bring to you guests uh, to share their stories of growing up with an absent father. Uh, experts that may provide some uh, help and guidance on how we might overcome them and also identify our superpowers along the way. Uh, I am so excited for today's episode. Um, In today's episode, I had a conversation with a wonderful young woman named Tony, and she uh, shares this really um, heartbreaking absent father story uh, where Essentially, um, she never knew who her father was, had never seen a picture, never really knew who he was. And it turns out that um, he could be one of two two men um, in her life. And she's actually in this, in this moment, right, currently um, kind of trying to figure out who it is. And one of those men I think she would be happy with. And Um, One, it seems like it might reignite some of the heartbreak of feeling abandoned. And so she's an extraordinary woman with extraordinary superpowers uh, that she's created from that experience. And I think you will find her story um, touching and inspiring and empowering for you. And I hope you enjoy. So here is the episode. Welcome, Tony. Welcome to the Absent Father podcast. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) It's an honor to have you. Thank you um, for having me. You're welcome. Um, well, tell us, what I'd love to do is just kind of hear a little bit about you and where you are, and then, you know, we'll get into the absent father story and, and kind of dive in there. But tell me about yourself. Uh, so I am about to be 25 years old. Uh, I moved to St. Louis. I'm a New Mexico native, moved here about a year ago. Um, just working. I'm a hairstylist and I also bartend. So a little chaotic life. Um, not a whole lot of hobbies. Still figuring out my hobbies out here in St. Louis, but I feel like that's a good general synopsis of who I am. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I um, it's kind of cool, like just to share how we met, um, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting because I, I, you're a fantastic, uh, I don't know what they call them these days, hair cutter. I say hair artist. Hair artist. Yes. Um, but I was getting my hair cut and, you know, as you were sharing and connecting as you do, you're like, you know, I always think of also in your profession, it's like a pseudo life coach. Um, but it was so interesting because as you were sharing, I was like, I, I feel connected to you and uh, just sort of a calm energy and um, empathic vibe. And then as you told your story, I was like, I think she might have an absent father, <laughs> uh, which then started this conversation um, 
which I found really fascinating. And um, I wanted to share that with our, with our listeners today. So maybe we can just dive into, into that. So what, what's your absent father's story? Um, so trying to think of how to word that. I've never had to just sit down and be like, Hey, here's, here's what's going on. Um, so my father has never been in the picture. Um, my mother had me when she was 21. Um, and as far as I knew for the longest time, I just didn't have a dad. I think growing into my teenage years, I started to kind of start to get curious and wonder. Um, and I think a big reason for that was that my mother uh, had a second child. So I have a younger sister and she was married to my sister's father. So um, I grew up with a stepdad, um, but I feel like in all, there was a lot of, I didn't, don't want to say dislike for him, uh, but I felt like we didn't completely meet eye to eye. So I never saw him as a father figure. Um, and so it kind of just put this divide between me my mom and my sister. So then I started questioning more, you know, and I know my mom felt bad and I would get minimal information um, and kind of just gave up on. And I was like, ah, I guess I don't need to worry about it. You know, um, got different thoughts and opinions from other people about it. And, you know, a lot of my friends and family have their fathers around. So I just kind of was like, well, it's something I'm going to have to live with. And that's what I'm going to do. And so I started to do it um, up until recently. And then uh, you kind of put like the thought back in my head, uh, you know, mentioning your story and everything. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of where it's been. There were two men that my mom was with at the time. Um, and she, you know, always just gave me a vague story of just, there were two guys at, you know, around the same time. And, you know, one can be your dad, one can't. One actually hopes that he's your father. And she's like, the other one, he was just such a, rude man that I would hope that he isn't and that you don't have to talk to him. So it's kind of been a, it's been uneventful for me. Um, I've never really thought about it too much, but. Got it. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, it just, okay. uh, I mean, it, just in hearing that in the moment, it just reconnected me just in, you know, just um, even little moments like the experience with the stepdad, you know, and then asking questions and, um, you know, I connect to that story as well. Cause like <clears throat> growing up, um, you know, there's sort of all various realms of the absent father. And for me, it was, um, you know, from age, you know, when I was born to when I was like 13, I, I had never, I just knew his name. Mm -hmm. I just, I'd never seen a picture, um, had never met him. And, uh, it was interesting for me in those early years, I kind of created, I realize now looking back is that I, I created this image of a father in my head, mm -hmm. um, that I, that I kind of tried to live up to, um, and it's interesting, like, even, you know, as you shared about the stepdad, like my story is like, uh, my mom got married when I was seven or eight. Um, right. 
And uh, I remember for a very short time, like kind of hoping, you know, like maybe this will be. Make that connection. Yeah. Um, and I, there's this, it reminds me of the story actually, when I was like in second grade or something, I remember uh, it, it disgusts me that I wrote this, but I wrote like, um, cause I was a huge Cardinals fan being from St. Louis uh-huh. and uh, my stepdad was a Dodgers fan. And I like wrote on some piece of paper, like, I want to be a construction worker, which he was and a Dodgers fan when I grow up. <laughs> and I'm like, I look back at that now. I'm like, um, for different reasons now, but, um, how was that for you? Like, um, did you have that, like, was there some period of time where you're like, oh, like maybe this could be my father. And then by the way, where I went was like, for many years after that, I was like, hell no. And it was really a battle because that my mom was in the middle of, mm-hmm. um, mostly cause this guy was trying to be my father and I wasn't available for that. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that for you? Uh, I guess in regards with stepfather, yeah yeah um it was i feel like everything's kind of was i wasn't aware of what was going on initially um so for a little while my mom moved to florida to kind of reestablish herself and get settled she left new mexico and um, i stayed with my grandmother and my aunt and then i remember my mom showed up she would visit and i would go visit her but she showed up one time and they were like, there's a wedding, like, <laughs> and I was just kind of like, huh, what's going on? Mm. Um, so I had never met this man before. Mm. Um, no, you know, there was nothing. And um, I mean, unless I'm just blocking that out and don't remember it, but I don't think I have. Um, so they show up, wedding happens, and I moved to Florida. Like, I'm on settled, I go to Florida. Um, and then i find out that she's pregnant and like so I was about five at the time when they got married um, because I think that was 2001 so I was just trying to like process everything that was going on I feel like you know there's a baby there's this dude I've never had a dad um, and I've had you know uncles around and cousins around but it's a whole new dynamic I was kind of submerged in and really didn't know what and I don't know I think I never really learned commun- like good communication skills as a child with my mom to kind of be like okay what's up with this guy who is this guy um, and then eventually I got a you know year or two go by <laughs> I'm like all right I know what's going on I get it um, but it was interesting I there were times where I felt like we were bonding Um, And I thought, you know, like I can get along with him. I never could call him dad or, you know, whatever little names people have for their stepdads. And I barely could even call him by his real name. I knew his name. I would just kind of like vaguely speak and hope that he would answer me. So it was just kind of like I never really felt like he was there. Um, Yeah. I just kind of didn't recognize him for him being my stepfather. I just knew he was my sister's dad. Yeah. Kind of how that played out the whole marriage. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so, uh, um, you know, a couple of things that I connect with, like, you know, one is that word dad, like, you know, I, only until very recently through like many years of therapy and coaching and a choice, mm-hmm. uh, cause my stepdad really was there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I could never say that word. It just has so much energy. Um, and even now, like I, 
I try to call him that because I realized, you know, he was there for me in that way, yeah. but it's still like eked out. <laughs> like I hate it. I, I really don't like saying I'm so uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also hear, you know, I, I'm just like, my daughter's three now, you know, and I, I'm imagining, you know, five, I, you know, especially when you have an absent father, it's like, you know, you're kind of fully grown almost by five, you know? Yeah. And I hear like, you know, even your mom being away at five, like that's, that's pretty heavy. And then surprise, you know, there's a wedding and I'm going to have another baby. Um, I mean, my heart breaks for that experience. And I, I, I also am like, you know, we were talking a little bit about like, you know, as we discover what are your superpowers, I'm just like, man, talk about tenacity and like this ability to, um, to, to courageously take on whatever comes your way. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just imagine just from just that little bit of experience. I'm like, you must be the person that people turn to like, People that, you know, people can bring their problems to and you're like, you're fine. You got it. I feel like that, that is a good, uh, that's a good way to put it. And I feel like that's who the person I am for most people. Yeah. I get that. It's why I, I also, I'm like, I feel like, you know, even meeting you the first time I give such a calm, like grounded energy, um, which is like, I always find inspiring, like, you know, we tell, I mean, and I, I'm sure you'll have this experience too, but, you know, when I tell my story, people are really sad for me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Just kind of brush it off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, Yet it's very inspiring to me because when when people come from that kind of experience, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's so inspiring to see someone who's like, you know, grounded and loving and open and um, and an artist, like you know, finding your way. It's it's really inspiring. Took a while, but I'm getting there still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. So you were five, got the stepdad in the picture. Um, and, you know, I think predictably like, and that was my experience, there's always sort of a division, you know, it was like it, the way I've recounted it. And I don't, you know, of course I wasn't thinking this when I was a kid, but, yeah. you know, looking back, I was like, oh, like, I, I, and I, I really share this, I think with people, especially like you, where we, there, it wasn't like the father was in and out or, yeah. you know, worked a lot. It was like, just poof, yeah. like just did not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's been like, one thing that I've learned is it was really hard to identify my own sadness or, or pain around it mm-hmm. um, because it, there was no culminating event. You know what I mean? It was just like, so, so, like I said, for me, when um, not having a father there at all, like just not existing, mm-hmm. um, that pain was sort of deep rooted, you know, like it did, there was not one dramatic event. Mm-hmm. And what I realized, like when the stepfather came into the picture or really when um, men or leaders or really almost any close relationship 
um, it was really, I was almost unavailable to them because I was like, no way was, was I going to let you in close enough to have me experience that pain of being abandoned in the most fundamental way mm-hmm. by my father. And of course I wasn't conscious of that or aware of it, but now looking back, I was like, Oh, my stepdad had no chance. He could have been Jesus himself and, and like, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. 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 So tell me about, um, like, you know, I hear how it was kind of growing up and it sounds like there was a period, um, as a teenager where you started to get more curious, like, or maybe earlier than that, um, about who your dad was and like, how, what was it like for you? Like, I, I remember, you know, having thoughts like, wow, I could be like sitting here and my father's just sitting across the table there. I wouldn't even know. Yeah. Um, it, that curiosity did, I think definitely spring out when I was a teenager, early teens, 13, 14. Um, and this was after way after my mom's divorce with my stepfather. Um, and there were times where, um, you know, there were, little spurts of things where I would just be like, all right, well, so, and I think sometimes that's how I would casually bring it up is like, all right, well, we know what's going on with Giovanna. That's my sister. You know, she has that. So what's my deal? You know, what's, what's the story about that? And uh, my mom telling me now, you know, at the time she's just like, I don't, I didn't feel like it was the right time to talk to you about it. You being, you know, younger, we finally went on a trip to Baltimore. I think that's when I really said something. I was like 18, I think. And I said something around my uncle and my mom and my uncle's like, why don't you tell her? Like, why don't you explain to her what's going on? I think, you know, Tony can handle it and she can know. It was a very brief and very vague conversation. Um, She's like, I, you know, didn't make the best decisions when I was younger. It could be two men. That's all I got for you. Um, And then I finally started, you know, as an adult, I can, I started to realize the different, different ways it was affecting my relationship with my mom and my younger sister. And even because I grew up with my grandmother and my aunt, like with them, um, I was having this animosity towards my mom because of that. And so, you know, I was finally like, you know, what's the deal? Um, and so she told me, you know, same story I've told you, and, you know, she kind of threw it out there that she had met, met up with one of the guys who were potentially my father. Um, I think at this point now, it was maybe eight or nine years ago, from what I know. Um, they met up and did a paternity test. And um, according to her and him, because I've been in contact with him recently, um, they weren't sure of um the validity of the test for where they went. They just kind of went to a place and got it done. I guess she took a sample. My mom's clumsy, so anything could have happened with that. Mm. Um, and so did that. And then I didn't know about that until years down the line after it had actually happened. And so mm. I think she kind of knew if this man wasn't her her father than the other man is and he's definitely not going to want to kind of interact with hers so I felt like it just kind of went back to being not swept under the rug but just kind of avoided um, 
until again, I came back and started asking more questions. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and I, I think that um, it's kind of a common experience that I notice. And I'm kind of curious on your thoughts, like, you know, if you could have, obviously we can't and, you know, trust that how it went is perfect. But yeah. if you could have, like, um, one thing I always appreciate about my mom is that she always told me the truth, mm-hmm. like from the very beginning. Um, and, you know, I, who knows? I have no idea what I would do if I were a parent in that case. You know, I, I have no idea. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I hear a lot of other other people, you know, including literally my half-sister who, um, uh, who is half-sister through my absent father, um, her mom told her, and, and she didn't find out until she was 12, that her stepdad was her real father. And so she finds out at 12 that that's not her father and that some other guy randomly is. And, um, you know, I can only imagine, you know, how that lands, right? It's like a bomb yeah. at, at 12, right? So how, how what was your experience? Like, you know, if, if there are any like moms out there that maybe are in a similar situation, like, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of the different things that we experienced, um, throughout all of this, um, I think it could have came out with less, um, I don't know, emotion. I don't, I'm not quite sure of the word to use, but I felt like it, this, it made it more of an emotional, um, journey because there, I had to keep going back and forth, like giving up on the idea and trying to ask her, her, you know, hurting and, you know, kind of being vague or then her, you know, telling me bits and pieces. And I think just when, when I was initially ready and asked that question, I think just having, sitting down and having that full conversation um, could have saved, you know, some heartache and, um, some like strained relationships and stuff like that. I think a lot of that could have been avoided. So I think just when the question arises, you know, if you feel like, all right, maybe they're not old enough. I feel like still giving a little bit of that story just so they have, you know, be sitting there. So when they are able maybe to comprehend a little bit more, um, you don't have to completely open that up. Um, especially, you know, being a teenager, I feel like that's definitely what I was really curious. And now as like a young adult um, and with so many other things going on in my life that kind of tacks on now to like all the emotion that I have. And I think if this were something that we visited in a more, I guess, organized fashion, I don't want to put it, um, there's a little bit more heartache and like stress that could have been avoided. So I think just getting it out of the way. Yeah. I can really hear that, like even sort of as the kid having to kind of sit with the question and pick your spots and kind of take care of your mom at the same time, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I really connect with that too. Like, you know, it's like even asking about it, you sort of feel a little disloyal. Um, Mm -hmm. even though when you look back on it now, it's like any child like would be curious about their biological parents, you know? Yeah. And I have lots of compassion for your mom too. I can just hear it just sounds like, and I think like many, um, 
many women in that case where maybe they have some shame or, and, you know, I, I know also being a parent, like when you're a parent, like you are committed to absolute perfection, like Mm -hmm. that's it. All parents I really believe are. And, um, when you, when you're holding something on yourself, like big, like that, like I didn't give my kid a father or I didn't give my kid a mom, like I can imagine how that might weigh on someone. And then, you know, when you're ashamed of something, how do you communicate about it? It's Mm -hmm. not easy for anyone. She, we were just recently talking because like I said, I've really dived in recently to, you know, finding out who my father is and, you know, talking to her, she kind of, you know, started crying on the phone, her voice is cracking. And she's like, you know, I feel, I feel awful, you know, but being 21 and, you know, pregnant and young, I kind of didn't know what to do. All I knew was that you were my kid and I was going to take care of you. And nothing ever crossed my mind of like, okay, how am I going to deal with her not knowing who her dad is later on down? She was just like, in the moment I did what I had to do and I've always just done what I needed to, to protect you and take care of you because you are mine. So I do, um, I do feel for her like as well. Um, and I, I wasn't an easy teenager. So, um, I get where, you know, that could be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, I want to, you know, kind of, I mean, you can bring up the easy teenager, not being an easy teenager, you know, looking back, I really wasn't either. I kind of, um, and I really, you know, I'm a little bit older now, so I've had some time to kind of look at my life and, um, um, take on some self-forgiveness and, and some more understanding. And maybe you already have this, you know, you seem pretty wise by 25, <laughs> um, wiser than me, but, um, you know, like I started drinking in high school and, you know, experimented with drugs and, um, uh, was either trying to be like, you know, I remember when I went to freshman year of high school, like I was where I'm embarrassed, but I like, I was like trying to be like either really good or like on the other side, like sabotaging myself. You know, I was like, I'm going to wear like khaki pants and a collared shirt. Like, and I went to Belleville high school, like a little public school outside of, uh, St. Louis. And, um, or I was like sabotaging myself. So I was always in this kind of like place, like one or the other, like really wanting to be good and wanting to be recognized. And then also like feeling hopeless about that. And, yeah. uh, putting myself in a lot of dangerous situations. That, uh, that sounds like me. <laughs> um, I went through school. I was not a scholar through school. So I was never, <clears throat> I never made sure that I was good in the aspect of academics. Um, and especially I went through a lot of transitions moving, which also had an effect on me. And I'm, moved just about, moved schools just about every year in elementary, went to the same middle school. And then freshman year, uh, that was my mom's divorce. So we moved 30 minutes away. I went to a new high school away from all my friends. And then sophomore year, moved back to New Mexico. And so I just kind of quit caring about school. I knew that I wanted to finish school. So I did minimal work and looking back I'm like how did I finish school and like my mom just having a deal with that like what what's my kid doing and how do I fix this mm-hmm. well 
I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, that to me, when I think about this podcast, about what Absent Father podcast about and uh, where the project started was that um, it's hearing that kind of story, you know, because I get like, you're like, well, I should have been, I should have applied myself or I should have been differently or I should have been, you know, there's some, you're like, I should have been some other way as a kid. And I, you know, me hearing your story, I'm like, you were awesome. Like, you had, um, if, if most people had one or two of the experiences that you had, mm-hmm. they would have gone a way different route. Um, and I wouldn't blame them for that, but you like that you moved through it in the way that you did. And that like, you know, I hope that at, at a minimum when people hear your story and maybe as you hear your own, like, that you can begin to um, have more compassion for who you were and what you experienced and how you overcame it mm-hmm. rather than being like, I was just a kid that didn't apply myself or I was just lazy or I was just angry or whatever. Like, um, I think that's so important to healing from, from that experience, you know, like, I was really, I was sad and mad in high school and I didn't know why. And so I did things in my twenties. I had no experience of joy. I was like a robot. And so I drank until I experienced joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the only access I had. And I beat myself up immensely for that for a long time. Still, you can, you might hear a little bit of beaten up still going on there, but um, I really get that as a human being, you know, I had hurt inside, you know, mm-hmm. and I dealt with it the best way I knew how. You just find those, uh, I guess, coping mechanisms and you just run with it. Um, like, just like reflecting, I'm like right now, I'm just kind of like, huh, what were the, you know, what was I doing to kind of cope with things? And I think as a young 21 year old and teenager, I think definitely, you know, you delve into the drugs and alcohol and I'm kind of a terrified person of being in trouble or anything bad happening. So kind of didn't completely dive into it the way some people did, but that was definitely something that I used to cope with not knowing how to deal with those emotions for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, maybe we fast forward to present day and I, I'm, you know, one of the things that I thought was um, obviously it's really interesting, um, which sounds overly voyeuristic, but it's just interesting, you know, like there's two men in the world that could be your father um, and you don't know, mm-hmm. and you know, you're sharing, I'm just kind of curious, like, um, it sounds like one of them, as you described, well, can you describe the two, like who they could be and your feelings about it? And, you know, I'd love to kind of hear like, you know, what are you excited by or hopeful for or afraid by like in finding out one or one way or the other? So, um, well, both of them were, uh, active duty air force, uh, members from Air Force Town. Um, As 
far as I, I really don't know a whole lot about them uh, personality-wise. Um, so my mom has reached out to the man who, you know, hasn't really said much. Um, he's still active duty, you know, just kind of gave him a rundown of like, all right, she's, you know, in her 20s. She wants to find out who her father is. And um, even with just that, it there wasn't really much of a response from him. Um, and the other man, I have been exchanging messages with him. Um, this started about a week and a half ago. Um, and, you know, he was just very, um, he was very open to speaking with me, which was nice, um, you know, talking. He just said, you know, I hope, I've, I've heard about the kind of person that you are and I've seen pictures of you. This man has followed me on Instagram for years and I knew exactly who he was and I never did anything. I just let it sit there. So, I mean, he's seen me, you know, come into my adulthood and like different things like that, which um, I guess some people would probably be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But like, I felt like if that ever did arise and I'd be like, cool, you can see this. Um, but he was very like, I hope I'm something or I'm someone who was a part of making you and who you are. So on one end, I have someone who is very hopeful and really wanting to be a part of this. And on the other hand, I have someone who isn't. And um, I'd be really, uh, I guess, grateful would be a good word for it to find out who it is just because whether I get that relationship or not, I would hope to have a relationship um, or even just test, I mean, just test the waters with it. You know, you may not necessarily click with who you're going to meet, but um, I think my biggest worry about it though is, and my mom said it, you know, if one isn't, the other is. Um, and she's like, it's kind of one of those things where like the universe can't be that nice that, you know, the one man who wants to be my father and the one who's making contact with me. Um, the universe can't be nice enough to make it that way. And she's like, I, you know, I really feel like it's the one who you're not going to get any information from, which kind of sucks. I've always been curious as to my background. Um, I'm from an African-American family, but I'm a very pale person. So there's always been curiosity behind, you know, my ethnicity and my roots and, you know, what comes from that. So um, I'm hopeful that it's something that pans out to where I can get information that I would like in multiple aspects. Um, but it worries me that I won't. Gotcha. Yeah. I really hear that. Um, you know, in some ways it's like the, you know, it brings up all the stuff, right? It's like, wow, what if it's this guy? And there's sort of more abandonment there. Mm -hmm. um, and what if it's the other guy? And maybe, maybe we could have a relationship and like, it could be like, I had a dad. Yeah. Um, and then there's all this stuff about, whoa, I don't know about all that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I imagine. Um, um you know, it's interesting. It's like, 
it sounds like we probably need to have you back when this kind of gets to some other stage. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really inspired by you, like taking that, taking that on, you know, I, um, you know, when I, I did meet my father, um, I was 13. And when I first met him, it was like, I was, even today, I can just feel the numbness about the whole experience. It was just weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, talked or met him a few other times before he died about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, he turned out, I don't know what I was imagining in my mind. Well, I do actually, my mom always told me that he looked like John Travolta, which was, I mean, a leap. Um, but you know, it turns out he's like this, like hillbilly from like Northwest Arkansas talking in this crazy Southern accent that, you know, just blabs at me. And there was a little bit of hurt there, but one of the things I re- realized is like, you know, a gift is that nobody could really hurt me in the same way that original, like abandonment, like nothing compares to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, anyway, this is for me, I don't know what your journey will be, but you know, it really provided me an opportunity to, um to be whole and to kind of let go of the question like, Oh, I know what he looks like. I know the arena and it really kind of helped me move forward. So I wish that for you, whichever, whichever way it goes. Um, What if the worst case scenario happens? I'm curious, like, what do you think, how would you deal with that? Like if it's this guy that, and he doesn't want to be involved. Um, I mean, I guess I just have to take it for what it is. Um, I mean, I, I think, and just maybe the way that I think and process things, I feel like if that's the case, it'll just kind of be something that I don't make myself forget about, but just kind of, um, kind of not deal with it, at least for a while, um, you know, it gives me a general idea. So I, you know, I know what he looks like. Um, and I mean, there's all kinds of things now, uh, you know, within the world, you have like ancestry and all these different things where um, I feel like I, even if I can't connect with him, there's other people I can connect with. Um, probably, maybe, who knows. Yeah. Um, but just, it just kind of sucks um, because, I've just had that curiosity for so long and not being able to get a, not even being able to get a, Hey, I'm not interested in digging into this. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be a jab and I'll definitely have to work through it. Um, my mom has, you know, told me since I started doing this a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, you know, I'll back you up and I'm here you know, for you. So I know I have a good support system overall, you know, if things don't go how they need to. And so I kind of have spaces where I can vent. Um, but I don't know. It, it's kind of, um, it, it brings me down just because I know there's so many things that I want to know that I won't ever get to know. And I know that's life sometimes. So I don't know. I think I'll just have to work through it as it comes. I don't, haven't proactively thought of a plan to yeah for the letdown if there is one 
Well, it's interesting, you know, I mean, part of the reason I was asking is because, um, you know, and this might be something as, as we leave, I mean, this is, I really appreciate your authenticity and courage today. Um, and this may be something you think about, you know, moving forward, but, you know, I asked you, cause like the woman that I see over there, like, you know, you're tenacious, like you're, and it's not flattery. Like I just see you as someone who can really, if you've handled what you handled and came out this way, like whatever happens, you know, you, you, you will come out the other side, like, you know, if you move toward wholeness and healing and I get the devastation of that and kind of reopening that, that wound, but I'm like, I think you're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else you want to say about that, about, um, that experience. I mean, I'm kind of curious what's next. Like what are the next steps for you here? Um, so currently I'm kind of like in a wait phase, uh, or time frame right now. Um, I said, I reached out to both men, only one reached back. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I told him, I know it's, a lot for you to deal with emotionally too, because it is something you want to be involved with. But I asked him, would you be willing to do another paternity test? Um, and he was all for it. Um, you know, just to be sure, go take all the right steps and go through the right places uh, to make sure that it gets done properly and correctly. Um, so just kind of waiting to set that up and do it. Um, and that's, I guess within the next month, that's kind of like my next step. Wow. Um, I feel like that's my birthday present to myself for the end of this month. Um, and then from there, we wait a week and then I find out. Um, wow. And then I don't know. Wow. Cool. Well, you'll have to, we'll have to certainly have an update. <laughs> um, um, you know, one other thing I, I wanted to say, and before we kind of get to um, your superpowers, um, you know, um, I know that this probably won't matter in terms of, you know, how it feels, but if there's one thing that I've learned about, like, kind of looking at my own story and you know, working with a lot of people who grew up with absent fathers and um, just understanding men in mm -hmm. general. Um, I just would remind you that it's not, you know, even this other guy who's not responding, like it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, I know it's hard to separate it, but it's like, um, the one thing I've learned about men and I, you know, I was like, how in the hell, like I have a daughter, she's three, mm -hmm. she's like everything, you know? And I'm like, I, I'm leaving for a month for Germany. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't be away from you for a month. I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, so she's coming out for two weeks oh. in between. Um, and so it's like, how is that possible that, that a father could leave? Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then being presented the opportunity, if that is his child, like, how could you not be there? But to me, it, it's like, when people are ashamed, like deeply ashamed, um, like if we're deeply ashamed, you know, if you imagine like you are meeting somebody and you did something very shameful to them, where you, where you were very, very, very ashamed, it's like, would you want to see that person? Yeah. How do you approach it? Yeah. And it's like, it's not an excuse. Like, obviously it's like man up and get through your own shame. Cause there's another person over there that you really greatly impacted. But, but for me, um, it helps me to remember that. And I, I hope this is true for all of those, all the kids, like all the people that got divorced, all the kids with absent fathers or absent parents, like, um, it is not about the kid, you know, even though it's hard to separate in our minds, it's like, it's not about you. It's about him and his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, getting to your superpowers and it's kind of a good segue because you know, what I'm present to is as I'm sharing this with you, you're like, yep, I get that. I know. And not only my experience of, you know, just barely meeting you, um, but, but now, and as you told your story, I'm so present to your um, level of empathy and like ability to intuit like human beings and see pain and um, understand people like at a deep level for seemingly no reason. And I, I, I'd love to hear what your experience is with that. But like, for me, you know, I, I remember when I was becoming a life coach, I was like, don't you, doesn't everybody see this? Like, mm-hmm. this is obvious to me. And I, you know, as I practiced, I was like, oh, this is actually a gift. This is a superpower that I have that, that other people don't. So how was that for you? What do you, what do you hear in that? I've never that's never processed through my mind as something like that until you said it. Um, But I do, I get it. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I've always come off a little um, too strong to people um, in the sense of like, I've always made sure, you know, if I'm doing something, I'm good at it or I'm very, Uh, aware in situations and so when people are doing something I'm like just how you said it you know like how don't you see this or how are you why aren't you being good at this um and so I've had to kind of um reel it in sometimes um and kind of be like all right so people don't see it this way and one of my favorite words probably for like the last three years um that I kind of picked up Mostly it came from a lot of stuff going on in politics, but perspective, that's a word that I picked up that I I really like and I use it frequently. And so I've had to put myself in perspective with other people, but I also find myself always trying to put people, you know, have make people have another perspective on things. And so, um, I mean, I feel like it's a great trait that I have. It's something that people, you know, see in me and um, I guess more people will see it because like you've mentioned it and I've heard it before. So I don't know. It's, 
it's nice that I see it, but it's also, uh, it's frustrating at times because I want, like I said, I want to shake people like, you see it too. Come on. Totally. Um, it's almost like telling someone there's a ghost in the room. And they're like, no, there's not. And they're like, you kidding me? It's right here. So. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that intuitive, um, empathic part of who you are, that superpower, it's like, it really is something that you have to like hone, you know, it started out for me the same way. I was just like telling people how it is. And then I realized like, if I just, if I tell you everything that I see all at once, it's like, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I need to be like, um, share it in a way that people can hear and kind of work with it and mm-hmm. you know hone it almost. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost, I'm also curious about your art, you know, because like, And I think that, you know, if we really look at like the greatest artists and, you know, I don't know if you relate to yourself that way, but I certainly do like just like your, your style um, and that, you know, your, one of your primary jobs is being an artist Mm -hmm. uh, in the, what do you call yourself in the hair arena? (laughs) In the hair arena. Uh, I just, I just say men's stylist. I say stylist and people think I do women's hair and like, uh uh-uh. Nice. It's not quite a bummer yet, but so men stylist. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you know, as a men stylist, right? Like, like you know, uh, one of the things that I've learned is like you know that that line of work is completely art. It's like a fresh canvas. Every single customer that sits in your lap in your um, chair, okay. yeah. Um, so like. Given this conversation, I'm just curious, like, do you see, like, um, how your life experience, like, helps you do that work um, or makes you great at it? Because you are great at it. Um, I feel like something I've always noticed and paid attention to with doing hair, and I've had classmates, you know, from school mention it. Um, that they recognized while I was like going through cosmetology school is just so much uh, my focus Um, because I've been one of those people who were you know once I set my you know mind to something I'm going to I'm going to do it I'm going to make it happen and not only that but I'm going to uh, quote perfect it Um, and so I see that with my work because it is something I'm passionate about and Um, there's times where I'm just, you know, cutting someone's hair and I zone out and, you know, don't really say much during the haircut. And I'm like, I think this is a great haircut. And they're like, okay, cool. And then I like stop and I think about, I'm like, I didn't talk much. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right. And that's something that I recognize. I don't, uh, I, I focus too much on it, which, um, it, it's made me, it's made me good though. Like it, it, it's, People know my work. Um, people can recognize that that's a haircut that I did um, just because of how I cut. And uh, I think just that self-determination that I've gained throughout the years of just saying, like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it in whatever it was in my life. That's kind of helped me a lot here to where I am. And also just that um, also, like, just being able to look at something and go, all right, how can I fix this? Yeah. And then fix it. (laughs) Yeah. Hair. 
Totally. Well, and, um, you know, I also, I also see like how, I mean, I can only imagine like, cause when I come in and I, to get a haircut, for example, um, it's like, I don't know what I want you to do. Can you make it look this way? And like, that means something to all different people. And so I'm just imagining how your empathy, um, and your ability to sort of hear what's not being said, um, and to partner with someone in that way. Like to me that that is, that's like an essential superpower of someone with an absent father is that like, you just have an ability to see the unseen in ways that other people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love that you're, you know, we are helpers, you know, like, you know, when you cut someone's hair, you're not just cutting hair and, and creating something on their head, but you're, you're giving them confidence and um, a sense of feeling good about who they are as they walk out into the world. And so thank you for doing that work. And um, I really want to thank you for today. Um, it's not an easy thing to, to share your story, especially when you're kind of right in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I thank you on behalf of whoever this connects with, because I promise it will connect with someone. And um, I think when we can connect our story with others, we can start to forgive ourselves and, and realize that we're not alone. And that, um, you know, growing up with a missing a parent, it, it has a profound impact on our lives. Um, but it also gives us gifts to um, become the fullest expression of who we are. And I'm so present to that for you because like this unique human being would not be you without that experience. And believe me, I would definitely have placed two healthy, loving, present parents, but there must be something planned for you from this experience. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. It's really, it's really been a gift to be with you. Any, any last things that you want to share? Um, I don't know. I appreciate you having me on. This was definitely I think leading up to it, there was a lot going through my mind. Um, I say how I'm going to express this. Like when you asked me initially earlier, like I've never had to sit down and tell this story or really talk about it too much. Um, and so even just sitting here talking with you and like things that you said and even things that I've said have triggered a lot of thought through my mind. Like I wouldn't have thought about it like this or it hasn't gone into perspective like that for me. So I'm glad that this was an avenue that I could you know, go down um, and kind of learn, learning experience. So um, I'm grateful and thankful for that. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Absent Father podcast, a weekly conversation where we discuss the impacts of growing up with an absent father, how to overcome them, and the superpowers you create along the way. I'm your host, Rodney Miller. Thank you so much.